This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello and thanks for downloading today's podcast. I'm Jamie Long. It's Friday, August the 27th. And first today, a motorcyclist has been killed in a crash in Ashford. Seven police cars and nine ambulances were called to the collision at the junction of Beaver Lane and Kither Road yesterday evening. The 21-year-old biker died at the scene. Investigators want to hear from witnesses or anyone with dashcam footage. Elsewhere, the UK's in the final hours of its evacuation mission in Afghanistan. Nearly 14,000 people have been flown out of Kabul airport in the past fortnight. The Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, says Britain's processing centre in the capital is now closed, adding that only those now in the airfield will be getting on a flight. Well, Tunbridge and Morning MP Tom Tugendhat, who chairs the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, says he's worried about what this means for Afghans desperate to flee the country. We're going to be uh, looking at exactly what happened in this evacuation and not just looking at what happened in the last few weeks, 10 days, but also uh, the process that led up to it a little bit. And of course, most importantly, what this means going forward. Look, there's a possibility we may find ourselves with the biggest hostage crisis the UK has ever seen. Uh, Over 3,000 entitled people Uh, was said to be in Afghanistan at the beginning of this process. I don't know how many it is now, but we'll be asking about that. And uh, we'll be looking to see what that means for getting British citizens out, what that means for getting entitled people out, and protecting those people who, quite rightly, are literally in fear of their lives now. You know, I'm I'm very, very concerned for anybody who's left behind. I'm sure Ben is telling uh, absolutely the truth when he says it. this was the time when it was going to end, because the reality is we were always going to have to end before the Americans left and the Americans left, uh, are leaving on the 31st because we didn't get that extension. So uh, I'm sure Ben's absolutely right, but it still leaves, as he himself said, uh, hundreds, perhaps thousands of people behind in what you know could be the biggest hostage crisis the UK has ever dealt with. We have just been defeated. We have no influence over Kabul anymore. We have no influence over the behaviour of the Taliban except by asking them nicely and luring them with aid to help people who they're quite happy to kill. So frankly, what influence that is, I'm not very convinced at the moment. This is awful. This is absolutely tragic. And this is why I'm working 24-7 to try and get those people who stood by us in our hour of need out because it's our moment to stand by them. We can't allow this defeat to become a wider defeat, and we need to reorganise, re-engage with allies, and remember that Britain does have a voice if it wants to use it. Meanwhile, the Home Secretary says she wants to avoid seeing Afghan asylum seekers travelling to the UK unsafely across the English Channel. Priti Patel says a safe passage will be established for those who don't get out this week. She's keen to avoid a repeat of what's happened after the Syrian war. 2015 we saw thousands and thousands of people dying in the Mediterranean, making the most perilous and treacherous journeys because they were in the hands of people traffickers, people smugglers, that just don't care. They don't care about humanity. They don't care about saving lives. And what we are doing right now, our priority is to save lives, which is why we are working night and day, my colleagues in government and internationally and in the region, looking at safe passage and safe and legal routes. And I can give the assurance now, I can give you the assurance now, 
our priority first and foremost is to save lives. And also, if you look at what we're doing around immigration, changes to our laws, legislation, the humanitarian route as well, the route that I announced last week around resettlement, women, girls, vulnerable people, they are our absolute priority and we will make sure, we will find ways in which we can get them here. We need to make sure that we can enable them to start a new life safely in a country in here, the United Kingdom, after they fled some of the most terrible conditions in their own country. A man who tried to torch a block of flats while children were inside in Dover has been jailed for four years. Andrew Page set his kitchen alight while armed with knives in February, but put out the blaze before it could spread to the rest of the Shooters Hill building. The courts heard the 30-year-old was suffering from mental health issues after becoming isolated during the pandemic. He's admitted an arson charge and will serve another two years on licence. A couple from Herm Bay say they've lost everything after sewage flooded their home. Francis and Tony's basement flat on Central Parade was damaged by water from their toilet, plug holes and nearby drains. They've been unable to get insurance for their property because of a similar incident four years ago. Southern Water say they'll reimburse residents for damage caused following heavy rain last weekend. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. Now, a new report raised concerns about the quality of care being provided at a mental health hospital in Dartford. Lucy has the details for the Kent Online podcast. Well, inspectors carried out an unannounced visit to the acute wards and psychiatric intensive care units at Littlebrook Hospital in June. They found some improvements had been made, but while the areas used by patients were clean and comfortable, they were not always well maintained. That included outstanding issues with leaking showers, flooding people's rooms and some door locks not working. The trust has been given recommendations and the Care Quality Commission will continue to monitor their progress. It's emerged an Amazon delivery driver who died on the M20 may have been using his mobile phone seconds before the fatal collision. 32-year-old Peter Petrov was driving a van that crashed into the back of a lorry near Folkestone in December. An inquest has heard he might have been travelling as fast as 100 miles per hour, but the coroner says there's no way he would have expected a stationary vehicle to be in lane one of the motorway. A 70-mile diversion is going to be in place while works carried out on the M2 next month. The coastbound stretch between Faversham and Sittingbourne is being resurfaced. Closures will be in force overnight on Monday to Thursday for the whole of September, with drivers advised to go through Ashford, Dover and Canterbury instead. Now, a Seven Oaks mum has been telling the Kent Online podcast what it was like to be diagnosed with multiple sclerosis during the COVID pandemic. JD Codd started noticing weakness in her hands four years ago, but was only told she had the condition after an MRI scan while pregnant with her third child in January. The 30-year-old says it's been difficult to cope with a lack of face-to-face support during lockdown. Ishmael's been speaking to her. So it was quite difficult because I had to attend all appointments on my own I couldn't take my husband or anyone to support me Um, and then after that the care has been um, a little bit stretched because my MS nurse is kind of covering um, a multitude of different roles and trying to see various people over the pandemic so um, yeah support has been a little bit stretched. Have you got that sense that obviously there is that pressure obviously on health services and I mean not that you felt neglected in any way 
yeah yeah I have I'm um obviously very sympathetic with the um healthcare workers at the moment because they are very stretched and I know a lot of people who are waiting prolonged periods for things and the healthcare workers are trying to do their best but um yeah the, the, the uh, quality of the healthcare that I've received has been very good it's just obviously with the pandemic everyone's working a bit harder and and day to day how how do you feel how how are you managing the symptoms it varies because I have relapsing remitting MS so I have periods where I'm okay so at the moment currently um I'm in remission so the last few months I've been fine I've been able to kind of play with the children and be around a lot more but during the times when I am um in a relapse it's very very difficult especially during the pandemic where we were kind of uh, social distancing and we couldn't really be around other people um yeah that that was that was really really difficult yeah that, that was going to be my next question obviously being a mum as well I mean when you've unfortunately relapsed how just how challenging is that trying to manage all of them oh yeah it's, it's very difficult just sometimes in the mornings I just I struggle to even get up and get out of the house um because the fatigue is just so heavy and full-on and then the children obviously want a lot of my energy and a lot of my time and I'm really struggling to give that to them and then I suffer from burnout quite a lot because I am just putting everything into them. And and going forward now I mean obviously you, you, you're well at the moment but I mean unfortunately that could happen again I mean what what, what is in place what support is there available to you? Yeah well since I've had the diagnosis when you get the diagnosis it helps other people understand what you're going through a lot more and family and friends have read up on my condition and everyone's just a little bit more willing to help um you have the constant support of the ms nurse you can contact whenever and i was also given um a separate nurse um who i can go to and ask any questions um about anything and yeah there, there, there's quite a lot and there's also a lot of organizations as well um, the MS Trust um, and MS Society, they work very closely with MS patients. Next today, the chief exec of a Kent brewery says there aren't enough lorry drivers to keep up demand for products, leading to a shortage of some goods. Jonathan Neem is from Shepherd Neem, based in Faversham, and says there's a range of factors causing problems. The supply chain issues have been going on in different ways, really since we reopened back in April. Um, there's a whole host of issues here. There's factories that are just coming on stream that were, that were closed during lockdown. That affected a lot of building materials, such as cement, timber, etc. I think those issues are beginning to ease a bit. Um, on the food side, some of that is related to Brexit, some of it import issues from further afield. Um, but a lot of the issues really are linked to the UK and supply chain issues linked to the shortage of lorry drivers. Overall, there are just not enough people to drive um, lorries around with the, 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 the products. So it's difficult. While other companies, including McDonald's, KFC and Nando's, have also reported shortages. 
Now, a crazy golf course that was rescued from the former Rotunda Funfair in Folkestone is proving popular after being set up in a pub garden. Bosses at the Woolpack in Smith near Ashford refurbished the course before putting it in their beer garden. Now, that could be an idea for something to do this weekend if you're stuck for ideas. And talking of something to do over the weekend, a new music venue is opening on the Isle of Sheppey. The Conspiracy Room will take over part of Tantra Nightclub in Sheerness. The new venue has capacity for around 350 people and will showcase tribute rock bands from across the county. Kent Online Sport. And in football, the Gillingham boss says he will stay on as manager after suggesting he could leave over a lack of transfers. Steve Evans was left frustrated after the Jills were knocked out of the Carabao Cup by Cheltenham Town on Tuesday and his only recognised striker, Dane Oliver, went off injured. Speaking ahead of their trip to Shrewsbury Town in League One tomorrow, he said he was there to fight. But when I came here, I said to the chairman, the minimum I'll do is I'll stay the three years that we're signing up to and I'll give you 110%. Many times my emotions and what to take over at times, but I don't think the chairman would ever doubt is that Steve Evans is first in in the morning, he's last to go to bed at night. What I find is a, is a very supportive chairman. You know, if there, is, if there is funds there for us to be signing a player or two this week, your chairman will tell me that, simple. If there's not, he'll tell me that, simple. We have to make sure what we do is affordable and Paul Scully will always be your chairman will always be the custodian to the finances and so he should be there should never be a manager signing players when it becomes unaffordable or we end up with a bolt in a berry the one thing that's important to me though which probably never came out the other night is that finances have to balance bringing a player to in and, and making the, the finances unstable is not a road we want to go down at any stage and I've supported the chairman every day I've been at his football club with that and will continue to do so I just need some clarity on what we can do. Well, ahead of tomorrow's game, Gillingham captain Cole Dempsey says they can't be complacent against Shrewsbury Town, who haven't won any games so far this season. We know from a team who's obviously struggling to pick up points and struggling to score goals, if, if you get in the faces and you obviously uh, press the ball, then normally it's going to make them a nervous team. So we're just going to obviously go there and implement our game plan on, onto them um, and hopefully it takes us the uh, three points. Sometimes it's going to be tough. You've seen it many a times last year. We were down to bare bones and you've just got to get through it. I think you've got to keep the positivity in the camp and you've just got to keep um, keep everyone right, keep everyone happy. Like I say, once you start delving into being negative, then negative things follow. So the more positive we can be, um, the better it's going to be for us. It's always a bonus if you can bring new faces through the door who are going to obviously help the group. But I think the main focus is just... Um, especially for myself, is just getting back to full match fitness and um, delivering consistent performances uh, week in, week out. So that, that's, that, that's the aim for me. But like I said there, um, if you can bring um, a few new faces through the door with some real quality, then it's always going to be a bonus for us. It's always going to help us out on a, on a Saturday. Well, that's all for today's podcast. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to the IM News app to get access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk